Hello, friends. There's lots of interesting things coming up in the Stoic Coffee community, so make sure that you sign up for my newsletter on my website at stoic.coffee. You can also follow me on Twitter at stoiccoffee and on Instagram at stoic.coffee, and you can find my LinkedIn page by searching for Stoic Coffee Break on LinkedIn. Now, I also wanted to let you know that I'm starting a mastermind for tech entrepreneurs as the world of tech is accelerating, and I've had people reaching out to me for a group grounded in Stoic principles. I'll be your facilitator as we tackle some of the big questions in tech using the tools of Stoicism. I have a few spots left for senior tech entrepreneurs and decision makers to join me for a one-hour bi-weekly session. I'll be interviewing candidates to form a tight group for the first cohort of five people, plus myself. Now, if you're interested in joining this, please reach out to me at masterminds at stoic.coffee. Now, again, that's masterminds at stoic.coffee. Thanks again, and thank you so much for listening to the podcast, and I appreciate your support. Hello, friends. My name is Eric Cloward, and welcome to the Stoic Coffee Break. The Stoic Coffee Break is a weekly podcast where I take an aspect of Stoicism and I do my best to break it down and to show you how you might be able to apply it in your life and show you where I do my best to apply it in mine. And hopefully you can learn from some of my successes as well as some of my failures. This week's episode is called Mind and Body. Epictetus said, Caretake this moment. Immerse yourself in its particulars. Respond to this person or that person, this challenge, this deed. Quit the evasions. Stop giving yourself needless trouble. It is time to really live, to fully inhabit the situation you might be in right now. You are not some disinterested bystander. Participate. Exert yourself. One of the hardest things that we have to deal with as humans is anxiety. And in our busy modern world, it's very easy to feel overwhelmed by all the things that we feel we need to get done, all the stresses that we have in our lives, the constant barrage of information. Because we humans are evolved to be constantly aware of threats around us. And oftentimes when we feel stressed by something, deadlines, for example, our brain reacts in a way that treats it as if it's a threat. Now, our brains evolved to handle threats in a way that helps to keep us alive. So the rustling in the bushes that that could have been a snake or a tiger. So the brain gets ready and gives us an adrenaline spike so that we can be ready to fight for our lives or to run to safety. And without these traits, humans would not have survived very long. But the problem is, is that we're built to handle threats that don't exist for most of us. But getting our brains to understand and appreciate this, though, is a whole nother challenge. Because our brains are constantly on the lookout for threats. We may feel uncomfortable or anxious for something that we think shouldn't have caused that kind of response. Maybe our partner is frustrated with us for being a little late. Maybe the noise from the traffic outside is just a little too jarring. I mean, it could be anything that can trigger this kind of anxiety in us. And we may not even notice it until we're all worked up about something in the middle of a bad situation. One of the things that I struggle with is this kind of anxiousness that sits in the background of my brain. It's almost like white noise, and I often don't even notice it. And it comes from having grown up in an environment where I felt very unsafe. Now, when this happens, when you're constantly vigilant for threats, it just kind of becomes a state of being. It becomes this 
barely perceptible background music that, that creates an anxious mood that can impact how I view everything. I call it the chaos. And the chaos is always there. It colors how I view everything. And it doesn't care if I like it or not. It's just trying to keep me safe. Because of this hypervigilance, this constant state of threat, well, it creates different physical sensations that sometimes I notice and sometimes I don't. And it could just be a tightness in my stomach or my shoulders or neck. My breathing might be a little bit faster and a little bit shallow. And my heart rate might also be a little bit elevated. Now, I talk a lot about how thinking impacts so much of what we do. Our thoughts create our emotions, which drive the actions that we take, and those actions lead us to the results that we get in our lives. And because I know this, I often try to think my way through feeling anxious. But the thing is, is physical sensations that we get strongly influence the thoughts that we have. And if you don't believe me, try to have a calm, rational conversation with somebody while holding your hand over a flame. It's just not going to happen. And it shouldn't. If you're holding your hand over a flame, your body should be smart enough to get you to stop. But the thing is, is our physical sensations have more control over us than we really like to admit. And that's okay. I mean, we have physical bodies. That's what being human is all about. And to think that we can somehow ignore our physical nature and our bodies and just be all in our minds, it's just not realistic. And that's okay, because honestly, I think that having a body is great. And even as I get older and things don't work quite as well as I like, and there are pains and other things that are happening, I'm still glad that my body still functions pretty well. So one of the great things about Stoicism is that we work really hard to try to handle things in a rational way. And while there's clearly a focus on how to manage our thinking, we also need to be sure that we're not ignoring our physical nature. And by examining the way that we think and observing how physical external things impact us, we can use these tools to gain the awareness to manage things from both sides, the physical and the mental. It's not just one or the other, it's both. Now, when I studied acting my first year of college, we worked with a method of acting where you work on developing a character internally and externally. And some of the exercises that we did in class were, were really interesting. For example, getting into a costume, using a particular prop, or even just adjusting your posture could help you get into the mindset of your character. By thinking what your character would think, you could change your entire personality and it would also change how you would move physically to embody how you felt inside. For example, if the character was fierce or jolly, your face would take on those different expressions. Standing in a menacing posture or holding your arms outstretched to embrace a long-lost friend would trigger completely different emotions that you were trying to create with this character. Seneca said, Wild animals run from dangers they actually see, and once they have escaped from them, worry no more. We, however, are tormented alike by what is past and what is to come. A number of our blessings do us harm, for memory brings up the agony of fear, while foresight brings it on prematurely. No one confines his unhappiness to the present. The other day I was feeling really anxious, and I don't know what was causing me to feel stressed out, but I noticed it for a good portion of the day, and I finally reached a point where I just couldn't sit with it any longer, so I went out for a short walk. And when I got about 300 feet from my house, I burst into tears for just about a minute, and then it stopped. 
And I continued on my walk and I noticed that my mood was getting better and I was getting more and more relaxed as I continued my walk. And later that evening, I noticed how good I felt. And I hadn't done anything in particular to change anything, but just gone on a walk. And that that release of whatever was stressing me out really just kind of helped purge those anxious feelings. The best way to put this is that because anxiety is a physical sensation, it needs to be handled in a physical way. Now, one of the best ways to practice being aware of our physical nature is through mindfulness and meditation. And one of the biggest misconceptions about meditation is that it's purely a mental exercise. And while there are some meditation practices that are like that, most of the meditation practices I've ever done have been very focused on an awareness of the thoughts in your mind and the sensations in your body. It's about developing a more acute awareness of both so that they can help regulate and support each other. Now, the Buddhists have what they call a walking meditation. And all that means is being actively mindful. And the idea is to not just try and control your mind or to reach some state of nirvana, but just to be fully present in your own body and your mind with whatever it is that you're doing. It's about being intentional about the task at hand, not just mindlessly going through the motions. For example, if you are cooking or gardening, that you're fully aware of the thoughts in your mind and the sensations in your body. If you're cooking, are you taking time to smell the ingredients and savor the tastes? If you're gardening, do you notice the texture of the dirt between your fingers or the smell of the plants or how vibrant the flowers are? The more we can practice noticing the physical sensations that we feel and recognizing them, then when they're very subtle, we can be more aware of them and take action to reduce any anxious feelings that might be building up. When we recognize that anxiety is a physiological response to the physical world and to the thoughts that we have, we can make sure that we're using all the tools in our toolbox to ensure our well-being. The next time you're feeling anxious, rather than trying to think your way out of it or to try and convince yourself that you shouldn't feel that way, just let yourself feel it. And then see if there's anything physical that you can do that might help calm your nerves. Maybe take a short walk or do some kind of exercise. Or maybe do some yard work or even the dishes. I know that for me, doing something like that helps bring back some order into my space, which is also really good for bringing back some order into my mind. Whatever it is, find your thing. Find that thing that helps bring you back into balance and to find the equanimity that you're looking for. And that's this week's episode of the Stoic Coffee Break. Be good to yourselves. Be good to others. And thanks for listening.